Hey guys, before we get started, I wanted to invite you to our private Facebook group. All you got to do is head over to Facebook and type in unconventional leaders in your search bar. We have a powerful community over there of people who are going against the grain and making an impact in this world in their own unique way. We would love to have you a part. Again, that is unconventional leaders over on Facebook. I, I really relied on curiosity because especially even right now, everyone's looking for hope and everyone's like, just have faith, have hope but I couldn't find it anywhere because there was no end in sight. So I couldn't find the hope. Instead, I exchanged hope with curiosity. I've always felt and I'm scared. I was born with several palsy. I have always felt small. I was told not to take risks. I may be blind, but I teach people how to see. And I'm proud to be an individual. This podcast is for you, the unconventional leader. Maybe you are the one that everyone discounted. Maybe you struggle with fear and self-doubt. We are here to empower the next generation of self-starters to step up. Use their voice and make an impact in this world. The more people you know, the faster you will grow. Let me say that again for the people in the back. The more people you know, the faster you will grow. No, my friends, that's not my affirmation. It's our guest this week, Alexa Carlton's, and I kind of stole it from her because I think it's amazing. Hey, if this is your first time listening, my name is Heather Parody. I am your host, and today we're going to talk about how to build confidence and create amazing events. But hold up, it's not just all about that. Our guest this week, Alexa Carlton, was a senior in college and almost lost her life. Within 24 hours, she was hit with this crazy sickness and was given a 1% chance of living. When that didn't take her life, she decided to take an unconventional path. Her story is crazy. She has an awesome outlook on life and she's built some pretty badass events. She has a very impressive bio that is linked in the show notes along with her website, alexacarlin.com and her events, which are incredible, womeninpowerx.com. Check it out. Give her a follow. Today, we're going to talk about nurturing confidence when it doesn't feel natural, focusing on, quote, the one and being grounded in service, how deadlines can fan the flame of your passion, and instead of removing fear, how we can learn to shift through it. This is a good one, y'all. Y'all aren't even ready for this. But can I ask you a favor? Come here. Let me, just, let me ask you a real quick favor. Before you go on listening to this and getting your life changed and everything, I need you to look down at your phone, your mobile device, unless you're driving hit that subscribe button. And if you have not yet, if you would drop us a review in iTunes, I'll give you a shout out on the show. Would love to hear from you. All right, let's go ahead and get into this building confidence and creating amazing events with Alexa Carlton. Digging in, I heard you say once, almost every speech that you give, you say the statement, I fear regret over failure. Yes. Which I thought was so powerful. And I was wondering, why do you feel the need to always say that statement to your audience? That's a good question. So I see um, so many people that have so much potential sitting inside of them, not pursue it or wait and wait and wait until they feel they are ready. And most of the time they're waiting until they feel less fear. And I just can't stand the idea of a fearless leader. I don't think it exists. And I think that um, fear can actually be a good thing if used properly. 
I want people to really shift their mindset around it. So that statement becomes very powerful because people are now perceiving it differently versus me saying like, let's just like kick fear in the face and keep on going, keep on hustling. And they're like, yeah, let's do it. And then they get back to their office or their home Monday morning after they hear me speak and they still have that fear. So now what that quote does and what I hope it does is instead of just trying to remove the fear, shift it to something else because nobody likes to feel regret. And that is going to be much harder if you try to go to sleep at night with that feeling of regret. It's going to be a lot harder to fall asleep than if you know that you tried and just didn't succeed. And also feeling that fear and being honest about it because I know another thing that you embrace is this idea of being an authentic leader. And you've really found your voice when you started sharing some of your own struggles on Periscope. How did the authenticity piece kind of introduce itself into this leadership? I'm just really, really inspired, empowered. I feel like there is definitely been a wave and even more so now than ever um, with authentic leadership, right? Anybody can be a leader. If you are a manager at a restaurant, you are considered a leader. But an authentic leader is different in my point of view because it's someone that has influence. And when you have influence, you are not just filling a job role, but instead you are really empowering people to take some specific action. In my opinion, in order to do that, you have to be your most authentic, vulnerable self because people follow other people that they can relate to. If I always went on stage or in my videos just spoke about all of the different tips that you can do to to achieve success, then people would be like, well, that's great for you, but I'm going through all this stuff and you can't relate to me. But instead I talk about my near-death experience. I talk about my autoimmune disease. I've talked about just so many different things that are very personal to me, but then it not only allows me to create some type of trust and credibility with others, but they now say, well, if she went through all that or is still going through all that, then maybe I can be going through my challenges and still pursue my dreams as well. Yeah. I want to dig into to your near life death experience. You started your business when you were your first business when you were 17 and you were just always putting out projects and you're busy and you're, you know, putting yourself out there and serving other people, making a difference in the world. And then all of a sudden, boom, you were hit out of nowhere with um, something that literally could have taken your life within like, what, 24 hours, something like that. Can you share with the audience what happened? Yeah. So I was a senior in college, a few months away from graduating from the University of Florida. I started having flu-like symptoms. Everyone thought it was the flu. And I ended up being rushed to the emergency room. Within a few hours, my blood pressure was dropping rapidly. There was like two doctors doing tests on me and then six doctors. Then all of a sudden I look around and there's like 25 doctors surrounding me. And I was having a very hard time being able to breathe. My mom was actually visiting me in college. And I I do think that um, don't believe in coincidences. She definitely was there because I would have just went back to sleep and been like, you know, I'm, I'm 21 years old. Nothing bad can happen to me. But she's the one that's like, no, Alexa, we're going to the hospital. And they took my mom into a separate room from where I was. And they said, your daughter's body is going into septic shock. 
Um, we have to induce her into a medical coma, call your family. She has 24 hours to live. And I was induced into a medical coma for six days in the ICU for 10. And it changed my entire life. Uh, what happened was a bacteria got in my bloodstream and just started killing all of my organs and, and nothing was working for many days. Um, they gave me a 1% chance to live. And um, I had all these different experiences while I was in the coma, which I speak a lot about regarding the mindset and the power that you have when you know how to re redirect your thoughts. Um, and then while I wish I could say this was my near-death experience, I overcame it. And then like I was on to you know, continuing to pursue my dreams. I was hit with another challenge a few months after I um, was discharged from the hospital. And what happened was because of all the antibiotics that were pumping in my body for such a long period of time, I ended up being diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. And that's a chronic illness I live with every single day. And that has really been the hardest thing I've ever had to deal with because, I mean, for four years, I was just in and out of doctors, in and out of hospitals. I just couldn't find the hope. I couldn't find the light at the end of the tunnel. I was too sick to even like walk my dog out of my apartment for months at a time. It was very, very challenging. It taught me a lot. And it also led me to the path of speaking and sharing my story in hopes that I could realize that this happened for me for a reason and inspire other people along the way. How have you conceptualized why this would happen to you? Because you're you're young, you're doing good work, you're putting yourself out there, you're helping people, and this hit you. Did you walk through a process where you're like, why God? What was the point of this? Like any anger or frustration or resentment about that? Oh yeah. So much. Yeah. <laughs> why so much I had to ask myself like why did this have to happen to me? Like why? But of course that question can drive you insane and it leads you down a negative thought process. I vividly remember that one day, one morning, and mornings were always the worst for me. One morning I looked at myself in my bathroom mirror and I changed one word in this one sentence and it created this ripple effect of uh, redirection for myself. And I stopped asking myself, why did this happen to me? And I began asking myself, why did this happen for me? And when I talk about this journey, I, I really relied on curiosity because especially even right now, everyone's looking for hope and everyone's like, just have faith, have hope. But I couldn't find it anywhere because there was no end in sight. It was something that I can't um, control it. I couldn't um, heal from it at the time and there's no cure for it. So it's something that I have to live with for the rest of my life. So I couldn't find the hope. Instead, I exchanged hope with curiosity. Ooh. And I became so curious to what may happen if I don't give up, if I take one more step, if I tr think one more good thought, if I just keep on going, what may happen? And that's what led me to eventually discovering the hope and, and you know, getting on a path to, to healing. Wow, 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 wow. You know, I think sometimes as leaders, people putting our message out there, there's this temptation, like you said earlier, to be fearless and to be strong all the time. And the decision that you've made to be very open about your not only your physical, like the stuff that's happened to you physically, but also to internally how that's impacted your life. 
you were a leader before all this happened and you're putting yourself out there before all this happened and the decision to be authentic and to share and to be vulnerable in that way. How has that changed you? The way that you view what we do online right now, like how mm-hmm. does that impacted you overall being authentic and sharing your story? I mean, it, it impacted me a lot. Like, like you mentioned, like I was, I, it's not that I had this near death experience and then I wanted to make a difference. And then I started doing that. I had, I started my first company when I was 17 years old. And so I've always had the mission to make a difference in at least one person's life every single day. But what I realized along this journey towards learning how to be authentic and gaining that courage to not just share my past. It's very, I wouldn't say it's very easy, but it's very different and and easier to share something you already overcame. Yeah. Because now you're on the other side of it, right? So I overcame my near-death experience. I could talk about it, you know, it's in the past. But what became very, very challenging was talking about my autoimmune because it was something I was currently dealing with and currently struggling with. And you don't hear a lot of people talking about that because you think, especially in today's world, you have to be this quote-unquote expert. You have to have all the answers figured out. You have to be at this certain level in order for other people to listen to you to feel inspired by you. And I found that that is definitely not the case because we're always going through our own obstacles and challenges. And the more I share that and say like, look, I am not perfect. I am still going through all of this stuff. I'm still learning, but I'm still continuing to pursue my dreams and passion and and try to make an impact in other people's lives. And I found that that is your true point of differentiation. Been to business school. They talk about finding a point of differentiation when it comes to your business. But I view our authenticity as that because no one can perceive life the way you do. Even if we were all trying to pursue the same dream, every single person would do it differently. It would have a different outcome if you add your authenticity into it. That's it. That's it. Now you've landed in this kind of sweet spot right now where you're really passionate about speaking and the events that you put on next level. Amazing. The confidence to step into into this space and to dream really big and to go after it, even with all the stuff that you've gone through and 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 so forth. And I even I think I heard in a previous interview you said that that wasn't you. You were you were kind of shy and intimidated by speaking at first. And correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah. it was something that you've stepped into. Something you stepped into, and uh, you refer to confidence as like a spectrum. It's not something you have or you don't. It's something you're always growing and developing. I would just love for you to speak to that because I know there's a lot of people listening who want to share their message more, want to be more vulnerable. They want to get up and speak, you know, metaphorically or physically, whatever it may be. But they're like, they they second guess themselves so much and have so much inner self-doubt and all of that. How have you nurtured that confidence within yourself um, and become the woman that you have? It is something like you mentioned that it's ongoing. Um, When I talk about confidence, which I think confidence is imperative to success, imperative. Like you have to have confidence and energy and you have to work on it. And people- Energy? And energy. Those two, confidence and energy. What kind of energy? Like I have a lot of energy or are you talking about like positive energy? Both. Um, You don't have to be like the energizer bunny, but 
You have to really focus on the energy that you're putting out there because you can say one thing, but people will feel something different. And that all comes down to your energy. And that's why it's so important to build that foundation for yourself regarding mindset and personal development, because that's what's going to help you create the business, the message, what you want to give and put out in the world based on that. And um, and when it comes to confidence, so many people are like, well, I'm not confident. And they think that it's something that you had to be born with. It is not. I, as, as you even mentioned, like I was so nervous. I was not confident at all when I was younger. Um, I wouldn't even raise my hand in class. And it's something that I've, I've built. It's a skill. Confidence is a skill. And you can learn how to attain it. You can learn how to encompass this confidence by different ways, like two easy ways to gain confidence is through knowledge and repetition. Knowledge, like when you think about when you go into a meeting or an interview, the more knowledge you have about the company, about the project, the more research you did, you're going to be more confident walking in than if you didn't, right? The most educated person in the room is always very confident um, because they know what they're talking about. And then the second thing is repetition. Um, if you, if anyone that's listening or watching, um, if you've ever played a, an instrument, think about the first time you played the instrument and picked it up to the hundredth time. You're much more confident the hundredth time. And so if you want to get better at something, you have to one, just start and then keep on keeping on. I mean, if you want to become a better speaker, speak a lot. If you want to become better in front of the camera, start filming yourself more often. And that starts to create confidence, but it's hard for people to do it because of those beginning stages. It's the uncomfortable zone, right? But growth and comfort can never coexist. So you got to get uncomfortable to grow. Yeah. Do you still get uncomfortable starting new things and doing things? Or are you at a place now where it feels a little bit more, I guess, natural for you? Uh, Both. I would say it depends. So I'm very comfortable in front of the camera. That's a good skill set. Very comfortable in front of the camera. Um, I can get on the, I've been on tons of different like local news talk shows, Cheddar TV, um, all of the just different television um, shows, Oprah Winfrey Network. I could get on and, and have nothing prepared and be okay. That's taken repetition, but that's also tapping into my passion. I only speak on what I'm passionate about and what I'm knowledgeable on. And if you can combine the two, then you're always going to be able to perform like that in ad lib because it just comes from within. But when it comes to speaking, it depends on the context. Um, universities for you know college women, I speak to um, a lot. So I'm more confident there. But if you put me in front of a group of high-level executive women, um, I may not be as confident um, or comfortable, you can say, because it's newer. But that doesn't mean um, your performance is so much different. It's how you prepare for it that may be different. Speak on what you're passionate about and what you're knowledgeable about. Yes. What are you passionate about right now? Out of everything else, what would you say is your fire? I'm just very, very passionate about helping one individual at a time find that courage and confidence to take action on pursuing what they love to do. You know, it's really encouraging uh, for me, and I know it will be for our listeners, for someone who's succeeded in the way that you have and has touched hundreds of thousands of lives. I don't even know. It's insane for you to still say that you're, you're driven by the one, the one person. 
And I know that's a motto of yours, you know, one time, one moment, one decision, one person. We're driven as leaders and we want to accomplish a lot and we have vision and we feel like God's called us to really big things. And sometimes returning back to the simplicity of the one sounds nice, but it's really hard when you get into the weeds of everything and growth and pushing and all of that. And I just love any, any thoughts or tips on kind of staying grounded in, in that while still pushing and growing and moving and challenging yourself and leveling up. Uh, those are two things that I'm really having a hard time balancing sometimes. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Think about it like this. If you woke up in the morning and you saw your Instagram following hit 10,000 and you know, you've been working on it for years and it finally hit 10,000 followers, you're going to be like, yes, you know, that's awesome. And then that's probably about it. Now you're on to the next goal. <laughs> so that's a great little burst of achievement. But if you woke up that same morning, to an Instagram DM from someone telling you their story of how you impacted their life dramatically, um, how would that make you feel? And that to me pushes me and motivates me way more than any number would because it's, it's a story. It's personal. It's like, wow, I just helped this mom, you know, go from side hustle to business all because she needed that yeah. fuel to realize like she could do it. Following my content helped her do that. That is so much more powerful to me. And that's what helps keep me grounded. Numbers don't fuel you the way that people think, right? It's vanity metrics as everyone calls it. And while it's great because you think you're reaching a lot more people, it's still those comments on TikTok that are much more powerful for me to keep continuing to push out content than seeing that I have now 131,000 followers versus 130,000, right? Like none of that fuels me like stories do. And so I think that's really important to focus on. And when you focus more on that personal touch point, then you're going to naturally see your following, your numbers grow, which of course you want that because more people, more impact, more income, more you can fuel back to that funnel. And so that's personally what helps me stay grounded. I wanted to ask you too about, you've done such a great job of, of networking and pulling in really influential women, building community around that. Wow. How, how did you build that kind of, of network where you can hold these kind of events and have such incredible speakers and people who are experiencing seeing that community that you're talking about. Uh, where did you begin? Had you been building that network for a long time or were you just cold calling people? How did that work? Good question. So it was a lot of hustle. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. There's no secret to it. So yes, I because I was uh, growing a blog before I started putting myself out there, started making different connections, but really how Wex grew um, was simply going out in person to as many networking events as possible. I hustled a ton and it was all grassroots. I started this company with $2,000 from my savings from past entrepreneurial ventures um, to put a down payment on the convention center and everything else was run through cash flow. Um, we didn't have any marketing budget. I didn't even have anybody to help me out do it. So it was really up to this grassroots growth in order for me to, to get to this level that we're at now. Um, and so in the beginning years, I wouldn't even say it's month, it was a few years, I was out and about and even online, like 
DMing people, commenting on people's Instagrams, um, reaching out via LinkedIn. Um, I went to as many networking events as possible, even if there was only 10 people that showed up. And I tried to meet as many people. And I'm not like a fan of networking. You know, I feel like now COVID, after COVID, everyone's going to be a fan of it because we just want to get out and meet people. You know, I had all those like fears and nervousness and it's not it's not like the most fun when you're going somewhere alone and you have to go introduce yourself to a bunch of strangers. It's a lot of work. You have to keep on saying your, your pitch, your story over and over again. But what helped me during this process was I kept on saying anytime I didn't feel like going, the more people, you know, the faster you will grow. And I just like made up this little rhyme that helped me. And I just kept on saying that to me and, and, and it helped me, get out there, even to the point where I would talk to a barista when I was getting coffee in South Florida, like anyone possible, I would talk to them and tell them about what I was doing because I wanted every woman to be there. And this was when I was living in South Florida. My first event was in South Florida. So it was a very local community that I was growing. And then when we went to DC, I couldn't do it as much. So I did that all virtually because I didn't live there, Um, but it was still reaching out to influencers, getting them to promote it. And it was a very community-driven event through that process. Um, so you could do it in person or virtually, like I've done it all over the country, and and still try to support as many other events as possible so they all can come to my event. And it's just, again, getting yourself out there and talk. You have to be your biggest cheerleader and your biggest promoter. Amen. That reminds me of, of something else that I heard you say once. Uh, there's, a, there's a difference between belief Believing in yourself, like believing something's going to happen and having a fire within you. And that story just now, it, 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 it reminded me of that because you had to have a deep, it was more than just, oh, you know, yeah, this could happen one day. This could happen. It was like a burning fire inside of you. Like this is going to happen and I'm going to have to make it happen. Mm-hmm. How do we get to that place? Is that a decision or is that something that's just innate that's we're bored with? It's both. You can create it though. Something that helps me is putting a deadline on it. When you work for yourself, it's very easy to like push deadlines and just be like, hey, well, you know, we're not ready. I'll get it done, um, you know, next week or we'll do it then and or we'll wait until this time, whatever it is. But with events, I had a set date and events are not low in cost. They're very costly. And I had to make it happen or else I would lose a lot of money. And, you know, we had this set deadline. So that's all that also fueled me um, to get out there and, and do it fast. Um, so I think that helps. And it's the same thing with like our new launch, which is our membership. Um, we've been working on it for so long, but it's not until we set a deadline for our first launch that things like actually start happening. Everyone, like no one's perfect and nobody, like everyone talks about wake up at 5 a.m. They have like these crazy schedules. You have your morning routine. And I mean, like, come on, give me a break. Like, (laughs) yes, that helps, but no one is perfect. You may have it, you do it a week and then maybe you have an off day, then you get back on track. Maybe you have an off day, then you get back on track. But I think what happens is they, they, they see this, they hear about it. And when I say they, just people in general that have big dreams and goals. And they think, well, I've already messed up a few days. So I, I'm, I can't do it. I can't keep it. And that's not the case. Like I 
I'm always working on improving my schedule, being more efficient, but there are so many days or every day I have off times or off hours. Yeah. And that's okay. So I think that's important to have that leniency with yourself, but just know that like, if you can do one thing a day and goes back to that one towards your goals and have that strategy, then you're going to feel more productive and it's going to help fuel you forward and, and create that, that fire inside. Oof. That's the fire out there. Alexa, good. Mm-hmm. I have one final question for you, but tell us a little bit about where people can find your membership. Who is it for? And also to this virtual event, where can we find all the information? So you can um, go to alexacarlin.com and there it says, join my inner circle. And right now the wait list is open to sign up, learn more. And, um, and then if you go to womenempowerx.com, um, we have the virtual event up. It's free for anyone to attend. We have amazing speakers that will be part of it. It's on November 14th. And it's just to, again, like build that fire inside everyone, connect with awesome people. And I'm Alexa Rose Carlin all over social media. So feel free to connect with me there, Instagram, TikTok. I love TikTok. I'm so, yep. so glad you're putting out content there. <laughs> Listen, guys, all of that will be linked in the show notes. Very last question, Alexa. Let's say we were to reverse time a little bit and you just got diagnosed with autoimmune disease and you're like, why God, you know, you just went through this crazy, scary experience, but then having that added onto your plate and still being the same woman with all the vision and dreams and ambitions and navigating through what is it going to look like moving forward to have all of this fire within me while still walking through something that I didn't ask for. If you could go back and sit with that young woman and tell her one thing that you've learned since then that you know deeply that she did not understand back then, what would that be? Your darkest moments are what will create your miracles in your future. And you don't have to see it right now, but know that everything that you're experiencing is happening so to help you become the person you're meant to be and have patience. One of my personal big takeaways from this episode is it took her years, years to gain the momentum to build her events. Y'all, things take time. I know I don't like it either, but listen, we've got to put in the work. There's no getting around it. She said she wasn't even a fan of networking, but she did what it took. Are you doing what it takes to become who you say you want to become? to do the things that you say you want to do. Y'all, I'm taking a hard look at myself too, so I'm with you, okay? But let's do this together, my friends. I got something new for you. Are you ready? We're going to start doing a Tuesday check-in. Tuesday check-in. This is what's going to happen. All you have to do is text this number, 501-214-4307. Every Tuesday, I'm going to send out a text, and I want you to respond to me, and I'm going to get to as many responses as I can. I want to hear what's going on in your life and just check in with you. So if you would like that personal connection touch, text 501-214-4307. 4307 and get a part of this little Tuesday check-in. It's going to be a lot of fun, my friends. Listen, I love you. I'm in your corner cheering you on. See you soon.